<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hill Varsity Club is opening in Omaha this May and is hiring for all hospitality positions. Do you love elevated food, exciting events, and having fun at work? Join our team by applying today at HillVarsityClub.com. Hill Varsity Club will feature a next-level mix of classic sports bar favorites and contemporary creations with indoor and outdoor seating and memorable live events like live music and sports watch parties. We can't wait to grab a burger and a beer at HVC this May. Apply for all front or back-of-house positions now at HailVarsityClub.com. Welcome to Meathead Test Kitchen, where food and fitness come to hang out. Nutrition, training, and life. It's all fair game on Meathead Test Kitchen. Welcome to Meathead Test Kitchen, a podcast where food and fitness come to hang out. I'm Sadie. I'm Sasha. Today we are going back to Jim Mythland. Mm. Um, if you're if you're a Spanish speaker, you could call it Jim Mythlandia. Um <laughs> There's a place in PR that we used to drive by when we'd go to one of my favorite beaches called Ponylandia, and it's literally just a fucking, like, attraction with ponies. <laughs> Shout awesome. out to Ponylandia, Luquillo, Puerto Rico, you're the <laughs> shit. Um, so we're going back to Jim Mythland to debunk some more fitness bullshit that we've been fed for a long time, because there's yeah. a lot of it. Like, like, a lot. Like, so much that we're probably going to be able to do these forever. Probably. Um, more than likely. we usually only do, like, three at a time, so <laughs> really, the mountain is huge, and we're just, you know... Just starting. Today we ask, is lifting weights at your max the quickest way to muscle growth? Does a treadmill put less stress on your joints than road running? And are machines actually safer than free weights? Um, I'm really excited to find that out. I mean, we already know the answer, (laughs) but yes, let's find out, shall we? So we're going to start with lifting max weights being the quickest way to muscle growth. Um, You see this a lot, like everywhere. We've been told this a long, long, long time. Um, when you walk into the gym, what's the most common sight that you see? The most jacked people in the gym are lifting the heaviest, heaviest weights, right? I mean, I yeah, mean, usually so you got to go big or go home all the time, forever and ever. Amen. No, oh, you don't. I mean, the first <laughs> thing you're going to see when you go into the gym is usually the most jacked people do the longest warm up. Yes, um, accurate. <laughs> so a study out of Brazil says that always lifting at your max, probably not a good idea. They had some participants perform sets of seven to nine reps or 21 to 36 reps. Mm -hmm. So you've got really polar opposites. You've got the hypertrophy and then you've got just the, the endurance muscle building sets of rep schemes there. So the first group lifted more weight, but they showed similar muscle growth as the other group. So do you really need to max out or get out every day? Probably not. Um, Of course not. Like not all the time, like lift heavy shit, but not all the time. Yeah. You're not going to lose any muscle mass by trading in heavy bench day for some really good tempo dumbbell work, which we covered on funky dumbbell loving. Hell yeah. Um, you might even come out stronger, to be honest with you. Weird. What a weird and random crazy concept. Like backing your weight down and focusing on form and tempo will make you stronger. Wow. Hmm. People on the internet don't like that idea, but no, they they're don't. wrong. So... What do we know? What do we know? (laughs) We're both small, apparently, if you ask men on the internet. Like, bitch, really? 
I went to high school. I'm a girl that went to high school. You think that's going to hurt my feelings? Right. Try harder. <laughs> um, so it's great and all to, you know, max out, get out, or, you know, go big or go home. It sounds good in theory, but yeah. how does this apply to you? I mean, so every few weeks, you want to change up your rep schemes. You want to be somewhere in between that, you know, 7 to 9 mm-hmm. or that 21 to 36. It's really just going to shift based on your goals. That's going right. to be the biggest motivator, the biggest the biggest driver of what your program's going to look like. We like to build our programs in like one to two week rep blocks. I mm-hmm. like to do one week blocks a lot. So let's say like one week you have four sets of 10 reps. Next week you may have three sets of eight reps. A week after that, it could be three or four sets of four to six reps. Mm-hmm. While you're dropping your reps, you're raising your weight. Yes. So you kind of get the idea. That's, that's, it's all about building up your strength in a steady fashion to A, make sure that you're actually making those gains and that mm-hmm. you're keeping them. Right. B, so that you don't fizzle out in the middle of your workouts. And C, which is probably should have been point A because it's the most important, is to keep yourself from getting injured. Exactly. Like this is also what we call, it's progressive overload, basically, those kind of rep schemes. So your reps are coming down like Sadie said, but you're often most times can and will be adding weight incrementally over time, little by little. Um, and hot take, you don't have to murder yourself in the gym to be strong. <gasps> um, yeah. Shocking for me. I am so sorry to break it to you yeah. that you've been lied to your whole life. Unpopular <laughs> fitness facts. You don't have to kill yourself to be strong. Also unpopular fitness fact. You don't have to fucking starve yourself to right. lose weight and gain muscle. Like, yeah. The whole thing about, hey, you need to eat 1,200 calories a day while working off 700 of them. And No. no fuck no. that. Well, and first of all, you're not going to see any, like you may go down in weight, but you're not gaining any muscle. If your goal yeah. is to gain muscle, you need to fuel you need food for that your shit. muscles. Yeah. <laughs> your muscles need food. Just so you know. I mean, if yeah. If you were unaware. <laughs> yeah. Food is your friend. Please eat it. It keeps you from dying, which is a good thing. Yes. Um, does using a treadmill put less stress on your joints than running on pavement? So I read an article from NBC News. I used I, This is a funny one because I, I used to be in one group and now I'm in the other group mm-hmm. and, and it's funny. But anyway, um, NBC News said that 49% of a survey over 1,000 Americans have heard about this tidbit. I'm not going to call it a fact because mm-hmm. it's kind of not. But uh, 28% of those same 1,000 people actually believe it to be true. Yeah. So is it a myth or is it not a myth? And why can't it be both? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is kind of both. Like in theory, the treadmill can actually, it has more give. It has shock absorption more so than running on pavement, right? Yeah. Science says that this is because a surface can help evenly distribute the vertical forces that happen each time your foot hits the ground. Okay. I can see Yeah, that's where they're getting at there, right? That should help reduce the impact on your knees, which is, I mean... Running can really tear up your joints, and especially in your knees um, and or hips. But science has also shown that it's not a very big difference in impact when you're running on a treadmill versus running on asphalt. It may feel like less impact, but there's not that much less impact. Yeah, and also, like, while the treadmill can feel like it's not as hard on your knees, mm. you're still getting that impact. And the belt on your treadmill has actually been shown to add extra stress to your Achilles tendon and your other lower leg muscles, which is something that I kind of noticed in myself after a while of doing yeah. a lot of, like, treadmill running. Um, yeah, the way that you have to move your foot when you run on a treadmill, it's kind of like You don't land like the a, same way. No, it's, like, when you run out in the wild, you're supposed to land on the front part of your foot. Right. You're not supposed to land on your heel. Yep. But when you run on a treadmill, it's kind of hard not to do the old marching band roll step, which yep. is what you're not supposed to do. Which is what's putting that pressure on on those 
the smaller bones and tendons in your feet. Yeah. That's why, like, especially I know that in the, in the winter and things like that, you may not have a choice yeah. depending on where you live. However, if you make sure that if you're going to be strictly or the majority of running on a treadmill, make sure you get that ankle mobility in. Yeah. Like every time you're going to run, because that's going to be super important on lessening the impact on your ankles and the tendons in your foot. And pay attention to how you run on the treadmill too, Yeah, because you can run. There is a way to have mostly proper form on a treadmill. You just have to be very aware of it. Um, And it's really hard to teach yourself. Because you're not your paying a lot. You're not paying as much attention yeah. um, because it's like a moving object. You're paying attention and not like falling off of the treadmill. Yeah. You're so focused on just not getting yeeted into the wall behind you. <laughs> yeah. So you, I mean, treadmills aren't, aren't the most terrible thing in the world. No. Like you just have to know how to run on them for the most part. The ergo ones, I don't know. I don't know much about the ergo ones. Other I've never than, run on one, so no. I don't have any context there i i'm the kind of treadmill user that i need that thing to be going at six miles an hour or i'm not gonna run (laughs) right so self-powered treadmills are not my jam so that's it that is something to consider if you're taking up running um you should probably do a little bit of both do some road running Mm -hmm. and some treadmill work just kind of depends on your day yeah um if you're going for like distance goals either have it marked out like on a map in your neighborhood Mm -hmm. or you could do treadmill intervals if it's easier Um, when asked doctors and scientists can agree that when it comes to which one's better for you, treadmill or outdoor running, it is a toss up. Um, one's not really better than the other. They're just different. Right. Um, and we just talked about that a little bit. Um, if you're running just to get some cardio in your life, treadmill it up. Like if you're just doing 20 or 30 minutes a day, cool, do it. If you're training for a race though, running out in the wild is going to be way more beneficial. Um, especially considering that you're going to have terrain changes, not only in elevation, but also in like density of what you're running on. Yep. Um, like a soft surface is going to require a lot more power on your end than yeah. a hard surface is. Well, and it also conditions you to like most races happen outside. Mm-hmm. Like if you're participating in a half marathon or any kind of distance race, you're going to be outside. It's likely not going to be inside. So training outside is going to get yourself acclimated to the terrain, get you used to running actual hills because incline on a treadmill, it doesn't equate to what an actual hill in real life is. Yeah, because the hill's not moving at six miles per hour under your Exactly, feet. exactly. <laughs> like, in, and then, you know, if you take into consideration pacing and everything, I personally think that pacing is easier outside because you don't have constant. Mm-hmm. You hit that hill, you don't have, you know, six miles an hour under your feet. You actually have to be the force that propels you up that hill. So your pace is going to come down naturally, period, yeah. end of story. We kind of talked about that with Chris Whitney, but it's important to indicate that there are differences when it comes to pacing and stuff like that versus treadmill and training outside. Yeah, it's really hard. Your mile time outside is going to be totally different than your mile time on the treadmill. Right. And if it's slower, don't feel bad. <laughs> it's no. Like, that's how it is. It, because you've got a constant underneath you. Yeah. Like, I... I think most people, I can run faster inside because they've got the constant mm-hmm. movement underneath my feet. You get tired when you run outside and you don't have, like you can wear your watch and you know your pace, but it's just different. Yeah. The urge to take a break is much stronger outside. Yes. Also, yeah. you get used to tr- like being outside. Running outside, yeah. like breathing wise mm-hmm. too, is a very important thing that you need to think about because air I mean, changes. Yeah, it does. Like, I mean, even... I mean, we're in Nebraska, so like elevation changes aren't like super drastic here, but 
when it's windy outside, yeah, getting used to running. It's in the a wind. little more difficult to acclimate yourself when you're when it's windy and you're running up a hill. That's spoiler alert. It's always windy here. Yeah, and, well, it <laughs> makes it harder to breathe. You probably need water when you're going to do a run on a windy day, yeah. whereas maybe on a day when it's not windy, you wouldn't because your mouth is going to be dry as hell. It yeah. makes it a little more difficult to breathe. That's all. Running with cotton mouth sucks. Yeah, it does. It really does. <laughs> it's the worst. I did my, my first um, 10K and it was really, really windy out in like open spaces. Mm. It was, it was brutal. I, I mean, obviously finished, but it was, it was more difficult than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, our next myth, machines are safer than free weights. Hmm. Are yeah. they? Yeah. Are they though? Um, did you know that many exercises and our exercise machines are designed for men? I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm, I mean, I'm not either. So, <laughs> ladies, <laughs> if you feel like the machine doesn't feel like fit you correctly, like especially I've noticed a lot on like a the chest fly machine that it's up higher uh-huh. the, where the rest is. So I have to like move the seat quite a bit higher than I would on a different machine. Whoever built that machine didn't have tits. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like you're not imagining things if it doesn't fit feel right yeah. they're literally not made for us which is really fucking rude it is super fucking rude <laughs> considering that we're half the goddamn population like right. i mean i'm not saying that all workout machines need to be made for us but damn maybe a little consideration every now and then right. but for real like anything that you require a chest movement for me is really tough because i got melons yeah. i still i like i've always had they're not they're just they're there whatever it's it's a thing um, but I have to modify some workouts sometimes yeah. and pull myself like you ever given yourself a self mammogram while you're doing fucking chest work <laughs> because you've got your boobs smashed up so far so that you can get a good motion. Like, no, herein lies the problem with machines. I have it. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I envy you. I wish I wish I problem. was the chairperson of the itty bitty titty committee. <laughs> Fuck me. Are you saying I am? No, but I wish I was. You don't have itty bitty titties. <laughs> Okay, moving on. <laughs> Last week, I got to say the shitting. This week, I get to talk about titties. Podcasting is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like a good machine exercise from time to time, but they, I mean, they're not totally blacklisted, but they're yeah. kind of on my shit list. Like, yeah. I don't use them as often as I used to. A, because I don't need to. B, yeah. because I don't like to. Uh, C, because... That's obviously not always the best answer, but yeah. why? Well, machines, while useful, if you have access to them, that's the other thing. Yeah. Um, sometimes as a trainer, it can be easier for us to get people to strength training because the machine is like a safety blanket. Yeah. It helps new clients feel more confident, which I'm cool with as yeah. long as they have proper training. I did a shit ton of machine work when I started lifting weights because mm-hmm. I had no baseline. I couldn't start with a barbell. I couldn't right. get a... 45 pound barbell over my head when I well, was especially on day one. when I think of like leg press yeah. it helps you know what what the muscle engagement feels like mm-hmm. when you actually place a barbell on your back yep um so it they are useful for things like that there are pros there's you know many pros some machines are better at isolating an uh, an area to overload it I think of the adductor and adductor machine yes. specifically those are two of my favorite just machines. because like yeah you can do clamshells but I feel like those machines specifically are better at creating tension yep um machine and you can do those every day by yeah. the way yeah and you should um oh yeah 
<laughs> your hips will love you. Yes, they will. Um, machines can make more efficient use of space in a gym where there are people training like a lot of them all at once. So like you think of your Globo gyms, yeah. like they serve their purpose. Um, working with, sheen- with machines can be quicker because it's easier to change the weight with a pin than it is to pull off plates yeah. and irons and, and things like that and switch yeah. going oh my gosh honestly I feel like most of the time in the gym for me is spent like changing plates out but it's fine. in my gym yes absolutely because <laughs> even my cable machine is plate loaded so right. I'm forever almost <laughs> dropping plates on my toes because I'm a dumbass but yeah <laughs> it, it hurts it, oh my god it does <laughs> do not recommend zero out of yeah. five stars um for newcomers to the gym machines can be safer like we mentioned if proper training has been given we've covered this before on why a trainer can be important and useful in these instances absolutely 100 yeah. percent. especially if you're brand new to the gym like when i walked into the gym the first time the first time i tried to use the assisted pull-up or dip machine i had no fucking clue what i was doing i had to go ask somebody yeah. and i felt like an idiot but that's what people are there for to show you how to properly do those and once you get used to the machines then you can move up and move on yeah had you not asked a trainer you could I mean that your pecs and that's a movement that you can really hurt yourself with a lot like here's the thing about personal trainers I believe in personal trainers being so useful in fitness that I became one myself Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that's how integral a personal trainer was in my fitness journey I'm not saying it's necessary for everyone but if you can swing it Highly, highly, highly recommend. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have questions, please email us. Hello at meatheadtestkitchen.com. So we've talked about the positives. Of course, I get the negatives. So the cons of (laughs) machines, I love it. it. It's fine. I like picking things apart. It's one of my favorite things to do. Overanalyzing is my jam. So the thing with 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 weight machines, movements done on a machine may not have the natural movement of a joint as intended like you would get with free weights. Mm -hmm. Um, Think about... Think about a, a seated shoulder press on a machine. Yeah. So you usually your options are some of them will have the dual handles where you can either do it this way or like, you know, like a barbell or right. do it with Fist the natural grip. Forward or, yeah. yeah. So that's all well and good. But there's this weird hitching motion that takes place when yeah. you unrack the weights to get it up that if you are doing high high weights – I don't care who you are. You should have a trainer to help you yeah. because that motion isn't natural and it's not good for you. Yeah. Um, and I think same most of them are like the fly machine have a little bit of a, an incline almost. And like, it's just, it's not as natural a movement as if mm-hmm. you're just using dumbbells yeah, or even if, a barbell. If you're doing a shoulder press, I mean, you kind of need your arms to move depending on your range of motion. It's going to be dependent on each individual person. But your elbows might track differently than my elbows or Sasha's elbows would on an overhead shoulder press or whatever. The machine doesn't, the machine also doesn't help you work on your stabilizer muscles, like in your core, because you're just seated. So you're really, unless you're focusing on stabilizing your core, which if you're a beginner, I know for for a fact you're not, (laughs) because you're thinking about 17 other things to make sure that you don't drop that thing on your head. Core movement is like the last thing that's on your plate right now. Um, Which then I think like in that, in those instances, it doesn't translate over to when you start doing barbell work and it almost makes it It more difficult. You have to start over. If you've been using the machines for quite a while. Yeah. Just the um, core engagement specifically. Yeah, because you're laxed in it. And and that's what happened to me. When we started moving into barbell work, Mm -hmm. our trainer was like, yo, we got to work on your core strength. You've been on machines for a long time. It's like, yeah. So it's harder to recruit those stabilizer muscles with machines, which you want to do. 
um, because they're necessary. Your joints need their stabilizer muscles a lot. Uh, That's how you make sure that you don't blow out your knee or your Mm -hmm. shoulder or anything else in your body. Um, Machines are no fun for people who are shorter or taller than the average population. Yeah. I'm 5'10". I'm not even that tall, but I'm yeah. tall enough that some machines just, I can't fucking use them. Yeah. And my arms really... are too long. Yeah. That's my biggest, like, I'm average height, but I have really long upper body limbs. Mm-hmm. Big wings, would, would be my arms, but my, my torso is also very long. Yeah. Um, which can make some machines more difficult than others. Mm-hmm. It's so frustrating because then you have to, again, you have to modify your motion to fit the machine and exactly. that's not good for you because you're working against how your body is supposed to move. Yep. So machines, I mean, they're specialized too, which means that you need several of them mm-hmm. to get a session in. And unless you're just swimming in it right now, which there are a lot of people and good for them, but I can't afford to put an entire fucking Nautilus circuit in my garage. Right. I don't have the room for it. I could put like a leg press machine in there yeah. right where we're sitting <laughs> and that would be it. They're, they're huge. Um, they're heavy. They're hard to move around. They require a lot of maintenance. You know how you do yeah. maintenance on a barbell? You clean off the knurling if it gets dirty or rusty, and then you make sure that the bushings are clean and that they're lubed. That's like it. Right. Barbell maintenance. <laughs> I've never done I've read about Yeats. it. I haven't had to do it yet. <laughs> but barbells and dumbbells are way easier. They're also yeah. less expensive. Way less expensive. Speaking of free weights, they're amazing. We've, we did an entire episode yeah. on our love of free weights. Um, even if like some people see them as old school, like that's fine. You can do uh, like so many, like a variety of movements with them, which yeah. is why we love them so much. And they're a scaling option. Again, repeating scaling option. Yep. Um, they require some boxes to be checked. So if you're looking at free weights over machines, there are a few things that you should consider. Again, we've talked about it before. Fitness is for everyone. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter what your income bracket or your ability level is. Fitness is for everyone. And yeah. dumbbells and free weights make that even more so because you can literally work out at home any way you want and yeah. still be moving your body and making yourself stronger. Exactly. Um, free weights are more versatile, which we love. There's like an exercise for every muscle group yep. when it comes to a barbell or a dumbbell. And often when you're doing movements and you're standing, you're recruiting all of your muscle groups at the same time so you don't fall over. Yep. The beauty of free weights. <laughs> you're getting a workout in that you didn't even realize. Like It's like swimming. You're, you're yeah. using muscles you didn't even know that you were supposed to be using. And it's like, why does that hurt? Yeah. Oh, I, well, I didn't realize that I was for the first time. That. Yeah. It's like, oh, where'd you come from? <laughs> free um, weights um, also give you like more efficient gains, like yeah. we've talked about before, yeah. because they require, like you said, many more muscle groups to be activated at the same time. So that's going to lead to increased strength, increased muscle size, changes in body composition, and weight loss. And increased power. Yes, exactly. You're going to be more explosive, which you're going to like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I. That's like one of the underrated parts of using free weights, in my opinion. Like people don't talk about that enough. Yeah. Like it's, it's awesome. And you don't realize it until you've been you're like, you're probably halfway through like a circuit um, or of training. Um, free weight exercises will help you better train for sport as opposed to using a machine. Yeah. Also. Cause you can emulate those sport movements better. I mean, yeah. you're not going to be able to emulate like a tackle or something like that, but you're going to be able to do sled drags. You're going to be able right. to do sled pushes, which is going to, you know, give you that feeling of doing the motion, but doing it under resistance. So you know how to do it properly. So you don't hurt yourself. Yeah. Free weights are fucking awesome. They should be your friends. Amen. <laughs> um, seriously, it, being explosive is, 
it's really cool to see for the first time. Yeah. Like when you have some, like, so um, a couple weeks ago, we went out to Elkhorn training camp and mm-hmm. we did the hit tracks and we did the in body composition thing. And I did that with Pat and Gorman, our meathead challenge contestants, both of which are killing it so far, by the yeah. way, Gorman's been on vacation. I checked in with him. He's like, I ate some pizza yesterday cause I was driving, but otherwise I've been good. I'm like, yeah. pizza's all right. It's a complete food. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we went out there and we'd use the hit tracks machine, which is really cool. So it's like, it's like top golf kind of simulator, but for mm-hmm. baseball. Um, so I had an exit velocity on my hit of like 71 miles an hour. I out hit Pat, who is a former state baseball, like, yeah. like rated state baseball player in the state of Nebraska. So I felt great about that. <laughs> However, seeing that is like, damn, even when I was playing softball in yeah. my like prime of when I was an athlete back in the day, I don't know that I had that exit velocity even then because I wasn't lifting weights. Right. I've noticed the, um, the gains in my golf game actually oh, have God. improved by hip incorpor- drive. Oh yeah, absolutely. And just like upper body strength and torque. And I wouldn't have had that if I hadn't been lifting. I haven't lifting golfed weights. since I started like consistently. We should go. I'm, I'm interested because I used I'm to be able to drive amazed. over 300 in high school when yeah. I was a string bean. So yeah, it's, it's crazy, but it, it just like overlaps in other aspects of your life that you're not expecting. And you're like, oh shit, yeah. where did this come from? Going it's to the cool. grocery store and carrying 25 bags with you into the house and not having your arm fall off. Right. Like, going Farmer up carries with stairs. groceries. It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> We've talked about this before. Fitness makes you more useful. <laughs> Yes, it's not a bad thing. Uh, So the cons of free weights is we've talked about it a little bit before. Changing weights can take up time. Mm. Um, It can be a hazard if you don't properly secure the weights during exercise. This has only happened to me once where I've almost been hurt by some jackass that didn't put clips on their fucking barbell. But um, back at one of my gyms in PR, I was on the so we had like three benches. Mm -hmm. And then by one of the benches was a preacher curl thingy. And there were these two kids, they were in high school, so I'm going to call them kids. They were actually kids, uh, were using the preacher curl thing and they were putting weight plates on as they were doing the curls, like not taking breaks. I'm like, first of all, what the fuck are you doing? Right. So I kind of sat there and watched them for a second and they went away for a while. And then I was like, okay, cool. So Phil and I tried to get our bench press in. So I'm like doing my reps and they come back and they started doing that again. And one of the kids lost his like... Mm-hmm. Weight plates, five to 10 pound weight plates bounced all over the floor and came like within two inches of crushing my foot. You think I have resting bitch face on a good day. <laughs> wow. I, I didn't even have to say words. I didn't speak very much Spanish then. And I didn't need to because I just looked at them and they were just like, shit. Uh-oh. Like my eyes were like, cabron, que fucking aces. Come on. Like, what are you fucking doing, man? Yeah. Use like proper safety precautions and don't add weight like that during your reps unless you're a professional weightlifter that has two people on each side putting right. the weight plates on at the same That's time. different. Totally different. Um, using free weights can also take up a pretty good amount of space. And if you have too many people in a space that's too small, that can lead to safety issues. Like in our garage, three people is our capacity. Yeah. Four people and you're on top of each other. Two people and some Sometimes I feel like Phil and I can like be on top of each other. Yeah. So it just, it just depends on your space. Um, but if you're doing dumbbells, dumbbells are going to allow you a little bit more of a grace with space. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not always completely easy to isolate a muscle with the free weight movements versus a machine. Um, Cause you have the, again, the stabilizers. Right. That are going to come into play a machine though. Like you have that, but you also have the weird, it's just, 
It's weird. Physics and stuff make it <laughs> make it hard for you to isolate a muscle with a free weight movement because you have to have, especially if you're overhead, you yeah. can't just focus on your delts. If you have something overhead, you're going to have to have your feet, your leg, the yeah. whole thing. And you're not going to just be thinking about a certain body part. So that is somewhere that machines have the edge. Yeah. Um, still, use them both. If Especially yeah. if you're new. Use them both. Start with machines as you get comfortable. Move on to the free weights. And then if you can wean yourself off machines, trust me, I still love a good leg extension or a leg curl or a leg press. There's always going to be room for machines. But it's not a one-size-fits-all, which we talk about that a lot. There's always exceptions to rules. Exactly. Um, We're proud to be a Herd at Media podcast, so check out the rest of the stacked lineup on the Herd at Media network, like Chick and Nick, Hollywood Raw, Pat and JT, Restaurant Hoppin', Pops and Hisses, The Shuli Show. Mm. We're special to be included in that lineup. It's like, damn, thanks. Uh, Keep up with us everywhere that you social media. We're at Meathead Test Kitchen on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at MTK Staff on the cesspool that's Twitter. (sighs) Stay away from Twitter. Just stay away. Um, Don't forget that we have merch. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) uh, You can find that on the Herd Media website. Go to herdatmedia.com. Look for shop. Meathead Test Kitchen is right there. Hit meatheadtestkitchen.com for show notes, recipes, training resources, and that um, merch that we just previously yeah, mentioned will make, make your, your gym friends really jealous. Where'd you get badass. that? I bought it from Meathead Test Kitchen. I'm awesome. What's a Meathead Test Kitchen? A dope-ass podcast. <laughs> That's what I say to people when they're like, what is that? I'm like, I don't tell them it's my podcast. Right. Go listen. But I'm like, you should just go check it out. It's great. You'll like it. Uh, Be good to each other. Have a good week and uh, take care of yourself. Meathead Test Kitchen out. Join Sadie and Sasha every Monday, helping to make your fitness and nutrition journey suck less. MTK. A Huda Media Production.